Thanks for checking out the Christian Life Austin podcast. If this is your first time listening, make sure to check us out at clcaustin.com for more info on how you can connect with us. We trust that you will enjoy today's message. Thank you for listening. I want to talk to you today on on this phrase, the greatest gift. And I'm not going to read a text now, but I'm going to talk about the greatest gift. The greatest gift. And of course, you know where I'm going to go. But I'm going to, I hope that I can make it to a point where the Christmas story will become alive in your life, in your heart today. It was in the middle of a busy Christmas shopping season and a man was in court charged with parking in a restricted area. And the judge asked him if he had anything to say. And he said, they shouldn't put up such misleading notices and signs. There was a sign and it said, fine for parking here. And he said, I'm a songwriter and a poet, and that's the way we would say it. It's okay to park here. I doubt few of us would have made that same mistake in our life, but misunderstandings do take place from time to time. For example, there's a lot of misunderstanding in the Christian faith about this thing called Christmas. Many people today, Christmas is just another reason to have a party. And Christmas is a reason to go out and buy expensive gifts and charge yourself silly and have to pay for it for the next year. And then they think about beautiful Christmas lights and they think, well, that's Christmas and family coming together. But I want to read, I'm just going to read, it's not going to be on the screen. I'm going to read the Christmas story here today. Then I'm going to preach three little points to you that I hope will help you understand the meaning of Christmas I'm going to the book of Luke, and you can follow me there in the book of Luke. I'm going to go to Luke chapter number 2 and verse 1 through 20, but it's not going to be on the screen. It says simply this, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, I love this, in the town of David, a Savior is born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find the babe wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those to whom his favor lives. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. 
The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Would you clap your hands for the beautiful story of Christmas? History says when the huge Hope Diamond was delivered to the Smithsonian, it came a very unique way. It came in a brown paper bag. It didn't come with armed guards. It didn't come with armored vehicles. It came in a brown paper bag. Yes, it was double wrapped, but it came in a brown paper bag. That's how primitive it was sent to the Smithsonian. What I want to tell you is that the diamond of the whole world, the the light of the whole world came very commonly wrapped. Jesus Christ was born in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. But I want to talk to you about three beautiful things about him today. Number one, the first thing I want to tell you about Luke's story is that God took upon himself human flesh. Would you say it with me? God took upon himself human flesh. The Bible said in 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16, great is the mystery of godliness. And then it says, God was manifest in the flesh. Everybody say, God God. was manifest in flesh. That is a truth too great for humans to understand. And somehow we know that it's true. The God of the sun, the God of the moon, the God of the stars, the God that made it all became a tiny babe in a manger, folks. The inaccessible deity of all that lives and moves and has its being emptied itself to become one of us. I read a missionary story about an African chief that he once ministered to. The chief was named Ray Buba. And Chief Buba was about six feet, six inches tall. He was an impressive, massive man. And interestingly enough, the noble chieftain rarely left his palace. Most of his subjects had never seen him. In fact, it was difficult to get past the guards to even have an audience with him. And all, and those who did get to see him could only approach him with their eyes on the ground and their heads bowed to the ground. And the missionary said when he was invited to see him one day, he had to walk across an open courtyard covered with huge, beautiful white gravel, a big space. And he said that the white gravel had a bright sunlight that reflected a light up into his eyes and temporarily blinded him as he walked across it. Then he walked into a semi-dark room and there was the chief sitting on his throne. He was clothed in white, all the way up over his head. And the only thing he said I could recognize was the slits of his eyes because I couldn't see anything else. For all practical purposes, folks, the chief of that African tribe was inaccessible to his people. Inaccessible. I, I, I read about, I read about uh, uh, not read about, I knew about a man uh, that was my friend. I didn't read this story. A man that was my friend that was an evangelist called one day the smallest country in the whole world and asked to speak to the king. And the operator said, sir, you're going to have to identify yourself. Are you some dignitary? He said, no, I'm not. Are you some senator? Are you some president? Are you some person? Are you some movie star? No, I'm not. Well, who are you? I'm a pastor. He said, well, he doesn't speak to pastors. The smallest country in the whole world would not pick up the phone for a man that just wanted to talk to him. And he did it to prove a point because Chief Booba could not be visited by his people. And the man in the smallest country in the whole world could not receive a call from a pastor in the United States. But the Jesus that I preach about came from the moon and the stars, came from the glory world, came from there to visit us. 
He became flesh so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. Could somebody get excited about that today? Isn't that an awesome thing? And I promise you, when I pick up the phone of prayer and call him, he still answers my prayer. When I ask him for help, he still helps me in my situation because he is a God that came near to us. In fact, we call him Emmanuel, God with us. Not only did he come to where we were, he took upon himself our limitations. Now, I'm going to have a little fun with this if you don't mind. Please let me just make the Lord who he was. He was all human, and yet he was all God. He was a God-man. The artists of the Middle Ages painted a halo around the head of baby Jesus with Mary there in the manger scene. That was out of reverence for Christ and his mother. And I hope you realize that that light was not there around their heads in the stable of Bethlehem a long time ago. It's just like Moses when he was when he was made and crafted by the artist, did not have horns. Moses didn't have horns. But it was just to show the power that he had. And the halo represented the deity and the beauty of Jesus Christ. Jesus was a real baby, born into a real world. I love the little carol away in a manger. And that little line that says, no crying he makes, is entirely fictional. Because last night after service... We decided to go to Cheddar's, the only thing we found open to go eat a bite last night. And my youngest daughter and her husband, who runs my sound, and he could cut me off at any time because I'm going to tell a story about him, had two babies, one two years old and one five months old. And we sat there and those, the two-year-old hadn't had a nap all day. He was excited about the service. He hadn't had a nap all day. And, and, and he decided that it was time to take a nap. Well, he, he was also hungry and the food didn't get there quick enough because we had one waiter serving a whole side and they were short of help and we should have known that. But we did it anyhow. <laughs> and those kids started crying and one started crying. It evoked the other to start crying and the other started would hush and the other would cry. Then that other would take off crying. And I got so tickled at Jaron last night. I got so tickled at Jaron. He ordered ribs. And he said, Dad, I don't believe I've ever eaten a rib with a baby in one hand and a rib in the other hand. <laughs> but I, I want to tell you something. Jesus Christ cried as a baby. He was not this immortal being. He was a real human being. He came to where we are. I want you to get that. He cried. He wept. He undoubtedly, he undoubtedly had to have two o'clock feedings. He probably messed up his diaper or whatever they wore back in those days. He was a child. He had to learn to walk. He had to learn to toddle. Some people have him born and he was just doing everything just perfect. You know, they make movies about that. But Jesus was a real human being. Amen. The evidence indicates that his village saw nothing peculiar, particular about him. Because when he received his call to the ministry, he couldn't even get any honor in Nazareth. Nobody there honored him because they said, that kid's just, he's a carpenter's kid, you know. I don't even know if his mother was even pregnant by that man. I mean, it was, he was born out of wedlock. They made fun of him. He could find no home in Nazareth. He could find no place for his ministry there, only that he healed a few people. And so those people did not look at him as we have viewed him through the last several years in our life. He was a human being. And then 
It's, a, it's, it's under, it's, you understand this. He, the Bible said in the last part of that, of, of Luke, that chapter, he grew, increased in wisdom and in stature in the favor of God and man, which meant he didn't have all the wisdom. He didn't have all the knowledge. He didn't have all the understanding. Are you with me? He grew in that. He was a mortal man just like we were. God didn't die on the cross. The flesh died on the cross. Are you understanding me? Jesus died for us because he was all God and all man. I can see him now when his dad died. You know, he had some younger brothers and sisters after he was born. He had some younger brothers and sisters. I, I'm sure when they went to the synagogue, the Bible said it was his custom to go to the synagogue on the Sabbath. It's in the Bible. And I'm sure when he went, I wonder if he played chase outside with the other kids. I wonder if he ran around the church. I wonder if, it, I wonder if Mary had to say, son, quit running in the church. I wonder if that happened. You know, I remember when I was a kid, we used to come to the altar every, every Sunday. We had to come to the altar we had to come to the altar because the pastor wanted to make sure everybody was saved and sanctified. You know what I mean? And so I'd come down there and many times I'd be tired and I knelt at the altar one night. Folks, I was about eight years old. I knelt at the altar to pray and, and, uh, and when I woke up, everybody was gone. <laughs> I went to sleep at the altar. I remember one time we was taking communion in church and we had those little old plastic cups and I stuck my tongue down in it and did that suction thing. And it stuck. And I was like, I couldn't walk, I couldn't walk. And I was afraid if I pulled it off, I was going to pull my tongue off. Because mama always said, you make a face like that, I'm going to pray that God lets it freeze. And you'll just look like that the rest of your life. So I could see myself having this plastic thing on my tongue the rest of my life. I wonder. I wonder if Jesus had any of those little antics in his life. I'm just wondering. I'm wondering when he became a teenager. Did he have to fight to get the family donkey to go out at night? Who got the family donkey? Well, son, do you, you don't have your donkey driver's license. Yeah, I can't give you this donkey. I'm just wondering about that kind of stuff. I'm not trying to be funny on, on Christmas morning. I'm just wondering about that. He was a human being, and he showed the limitations that we have in our life by him living the life that we all have lived. Only yet his life was sinless. And I just wonder, when, he, when, it, when his dad died and, and his earthly father died and he had to take over the carpenter shop, he was the oldest kid, now he, was a, he, he took care of the family. I wonder, I just wonder if angels ever came and helped him with splinters in his hands or if he ever cut himself with a saw or if he ever bruised himself in that carpenter shop. The answer is yes, yes, yes. And the angels didn't come to minister to him. He was a normal human being just like we were. But he limited himself to us because he wanted you to know something on this Christmas morning. That whatever pain you have felt this year, he felt it in his life. And whatever grief you went through. In fact, the Bible said when he, when, when he was baptized, he went into the wilderness. And there he was mentally and physically drained because it was a 40-day fast. And the enemy attacked him with the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of the eye. And he attacked him with everything he had. And Jesus stood there without any strength in his body. And he took on the enemy of this world. And he came out in the power of the Spirit. It's amazing because he wanted you to know. He said, I will suffer your limitations so you will know that when I come to aid you and help you, I have been where you are. I know where you're at right now and I can take care of your situation. In fact, when he was going to be crucified, the Bible said he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. I'm just talking about the limitations of my Jesus. He's, he prayed so hard that 
great drops of blood, sweat as it were, great drops of blood came out of his brow. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about a, a God that limited himself in the form of a man and walked among us. And we beheld the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Aren't you glad he limited himself so that you and I could identify with him? He's not a God that's out of reach because he came to us when we couldn't go to him. And he's not a God that's out of touch because he limited himself into the life that we have to live in our own selves. Boy, I love that on this Christmas day. That makes me feel so warm. When I hurt, I know he's already hurt. When I'm in pain, I know he knows how to take care of my pain. He understands my suffering. He wrestled with the things that I have wrestled with. So I love the song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. He's been there. He's walked where we walked. He's talked some things that we talked. And he had to grow in wisdom and stature. He didn't have it all together when he was born. I'm happy to represent that kind of Jesus to you today. Amen. But the third thing I want to tell you, and then I'll close. He came down where we were so that ultimately we might be lifted up to where he is. Hallelujah. He came down to where I was so that ultimately we could be lifted where he is. I love the the author Alex Haley. I'm not far from finishing. I love the author Alex Haley. I've told it many times, but he wrote a statement one time. He said he walked by a particular place and he saw a turtle sitting on a fence post in a farm. And he said, if you ever see a turtle on the fence post, he didn't get there by himself. Somebody was trying to trick somebody and fool somebody and make a joke. So they bounced a poor little old turtle, balanced him on that fence post. Several years ago, there was an Associated Press story about cows being on rooftops. There was a flood in Scott, Kansas, and there was cows on the rooftop. They didn't didn't shimmy up some pole on the side of that house to get on that rooftop. They got on that rooftop because the rain made them go up. And they thought, well, this is the highest points. We'll just stand here. It's level. Let's just stand on the roof. And when the rain and the, and the flood subsided, there they were. Didn't know how to jump down. Didn't have a parachute. You know what I'm saying? But here's the point. Turtles don't get there. And cows don't get on roofs. It's all by something lifting them. And I want to declare it to you. If you ever see a child of God lifting their hands and praising God. They didn't get here by themselves. There's a Jesus. I really would like to preach a little bit right now. The old imperials. He came down to my level when I couldn't get up to his. With a strong arm, he lifted me up to show me what living is. He'll come down to your level if you'll open up the door. He wants to make your life worth living. That's what he came down for. Woo! Hey, he didn't come down born in a manger, live a life of limitations for us so that we could continue the road that we're on. 
He came down and lived limited life for us so that we could get a hold of him and be like the turtle on the fence post or a cow on a roof. He lifted us up to a level that we could never live without his presence and without his grace and without his mercy. Amen. 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 I didn't know we could have a spirit of God in here on Christmas. Wow, you folks are with it today. I close. Randy, if you'll help me. In 1924, there was an English artist by the name of William Walcott. Came to New York City to record his impressions of the great metropolis called New York. And one morning he was visiting in the office of a former colleague when the urge to sketch, he was an artist, sketch came over him. And seeing some paper on his friend's desk, he asked him, he asked the friend, may I have that paper? And the friend answered, that's not sketching paper, Bill. That's ordinary wrapping paper. And he said, I don't care. I've got a spark of inspiration and I want to sketch something right now. And then he said, nothing is ordinary if you know how to use it. And he started sketching. And in 1924, long before our inflated values, one of those sketches sold for $500 and the other sold for $1,000. Just something from an artist. Because you see, it wasn't the paper. It was a master sketching something to make that paper ordinary come to life. Now, Kenny Rogers sings about a woman decorating his life with beauty. He said, I was just plain paper, but you decorated my life. But really the decorator, the decorator is the one we honor today. The one that can come into your home and put the furniture in the right place. And put order in the house and bring decency to your life. The real decorator is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the real decorator. There was an old bum who was living in a junkyard. Somebody found him and came up to give him some money one day. And he said, sir, I don't want you just to give me that money. I want to do something for you. He said, I'm a poet. I can write. Do you have anything to write on? He said, I've got this Snickers wrapper. And he took that Snickers wrapper. He said, this is for your your time. And he started riding from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. We'll fight our country's battle on the land and on the sea. Yeah, it was written by a master that didn't understand his mastery. And that became the Marine fight song. What are you saying? I'm saying if a bum in a junkyard in a trash heap, can write such inspiration. What kind of inspiration can Jesus Christ write on your life today? 
You know what I think? I think this is how personal Jesus is, okay? You know what I think? I think, I think he surprised the father about every day that he lived down here. I think the good God of heaven was saying, wow, he's really getting into that earth thing. But I think today, I think he's got the angels of heaven looking over the balconies and staring down at a, at a church at 4700 Westgate Boulevard. And he's saying, look at that. Most people would stay home on Christmas Day. Most people would not get up out of bed. This is their rest day. This is Christmas, even though it's Sunday. But I want you to look down here. I want you to look. Angels, come over here. I want to show you something. Y'all are robotical in your worship, but I want you to look there. These people chose to come and worship me today. I want you to check it out, boys. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Check, the, check them out right there. I think we ought to. I think we ought to clap our hands to the good Lord because I think he's watching over us right now. Come on. I think we ought to clap our hands. That's the greatest gift. That's the greatest gift. That's the greatest gift. He came to us. He took on man's limitations. And he came to where I was because I couldn't get to him so that I could have eternal life through the son, Jesus Christ. Oh, by the way, I read not long ago that that brown paper bag that the Hope Diamond came in was not thrown away. It's still around. It's protected because it guarded the most valuable diamond ever shipped. Here's what I want to tell you. If the Lord's ever sketched anything on your life, you may say, I'm just flimsy as paper. I'm just a brown paper bag. I'm just... I'm, not, I'm an H-E-B bag. That's all my life is. No, no, no. If the Lord has ever sketched on your life. You're not wasted. You're awesome. He keeps what he has blessed. And he never throws it away. So some of your kids, you know, I know, I know, I'm closing. Some of your kids... Boy, I'm feeling this. When they open those toys, you know that they're going to open. Okay, what's next? In three months, those toys might be extinct. In fact, one of them might have left one of those toys in the driveway and you might have run over and punctured a tire backing out. But I promise you, whatever God's made, whatever the son came to save, He'll never throw it away. So today, we're going to take communion. I hope all of you are going to join us for communion today. Because we're going to receive communion. I'm not going to go through the regular spiel. We're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ today. We're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ today. Have you ever realized that Jesus is born, not was born, he is born? Have you ever realized Jesus is risen? You know what he did? He always brought us to the present. There's nothing in the past that ought to destroy your present today. You're in the house of God. You ought to celebrate that because he is risen and he is born and he does reign. Amen.
What an awesome Jesus. I want you to stand to your feet. You're incredible people. You're incredible people. You're incredible people. that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.